Fuck off, iTunes. I love how I recorded that. I'm including that. What? Fuck off, iTunes. <laughs> you want to include that? I am. Now I am. No, no. This is an Apple TV movie. If we say fuck off, iTunes, they're going to listen to us. <laughs> um, so I got something that may be a little topical that we can talk about. Something that just happened about 40 minutes ago. All right. Tell me. All right. Hold on. So that uh, chanting I will be adding into post. Was uh, Chicago going ape shit? Because CM Punk just returned to wrestling after seven years away. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> drug free, drug free. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Also, I, uh, I saw I saw the the horror movie he did within the the haunted house. That was pretty good. It was I good. The, I forgot the name of the movie, but I, I remember him. He had really, he was the main the guy. The girl on the third floor. I think so. Yeah. It, it was about a girl on a third floor, so it, it, that, that does sound right, yeah. Um, right. Good for CM Punk. He always seemed like a cool dude. He was like my third or fourth choice whenever I played WWE SmackDown versus Raw uh, 2008 featuring ACW. Uh, you know, after I already used my custom character, The Undertaker, and uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. So, you know. You're a is. Piper fan? We've had this conversation like four times. I'm a big Roddy Piper fan. I have the shirt. Oh, you sure we've had this conversation? Yeah, I have the hot rod shirt. I I I think I've worn it in front of you. I don't think so, but I'm so happy to know that now. (laughs) I had no idea. We've talked about this like three times, I remember, because every time I mention it. Provide provide recording (laughs) recording proof. (laughs) It might be an old old FBI episode, but no, I'm I'm a Roddy Piper fan. I'm a big, I love the movies that he did. And uh, one of my favorite podcasts was uh, this doesn't doesn't exist anymore, but the Schmo Snow podcast was one of my favorite shows ever. And they had him as a guest once and they had an intern uh, named JTE. And he was the biggest Roddy Piper fan in the world. Like this is this is like, uh, what, 2010 or something, I think, Uh, like like 10 years ago. And uh, they, they had Roddy on the show and they were interviewing him. And they told the intern, hey, uh, like, uh, after we come back from break, you can come in and you can ask him some questions. And he was so excited. And he was so excited to ask him some questions. And before they got him in, they told, they told Roddy Piper, hey, our intern is going to come in. Treat him like shit. <laughs> what did Roddy say? So Roddy was like, hell yeah, man. So they brought him in and he started asking him some questions. And he was like, how dare you fucking ask me that? And he slapped him. He slapped the shit out of the poor intern. And the kid was like, he was about to cry. And then they, they cut the cameras. And he was like, no, no, I'm sorry. It's a joke. It's a joke. Man. We're all joking. And oh my God, can you just imagine that? Can you imagine being like 20 and like a big wrestling fan? And he just, the, your favorite wrestler just like slaps the shit out of you. I mean, you, you probably get get more excited than me, but you know, yeah. I mean, if Undertaker slapped the shit out of me, I think I'd be like, hey, guys, got hit by the Undertaker and I'm still standing. Really? The Undertaker was your fave? Uh, yeah, it was uh, Taker and Michaels, honestly. Uh, Punk okay. was up there. Uh, I'd be lying to you if I said he was my favorite, though. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Undertaker was always my favorite. Like, I dressed up like him for Halloween for like two or three years. Well, my last really of, good year of trick-or-treating, I was Undertaker, and I would use my hat to get the candy, and I'd just be like, oh, just one, whatever. And they'd, like, fucking stuff the hat. I'm like, hell yeah, that works. <laughs> Do you still have the hat? I'm sure I have it somewhere. I have to have it. I, you, know, my, you know what my costume was? It was a Matrix uh, trench coat. Okay. I mean, it's the same thing. But yeah. 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 And then uh, workout gloves. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good times. Man. Good times. Good times. Uh, remember wrestling? God, I miss wrestling. I still kind of keep up with it. Do you still keep up with it or not really anymore? Not at all. But every once in a while, like, I'll see something. And, you know, if it catches my eye, I'll I'll look it out. Um, the last thing that, like, really caught my eye was the man. Like, the man was fucking cool. Oh, Becky Lynch? Uh Yeah, she was fucking dope. Like, uh, <laughs> like uh, she knew, like, uh. You know, you bring. You remember when when she came in and uh, what's her name? Uh, Ronda Rousey. Yeah, Ronda Rousey. When, when they were both like going back and forth, and uh, you can tell how good. Like, uh, no, no disrespect to to Ronda Rousey. She's a she's a fucking talent. Like, she's awesome. Mm-hmm. But you know, wrestling. It's not about wrestling. It's about the show. And Becky Lynch was like 
I mean, I don't know what she's doing right now, but she was fucking like she could command that stage. She was fucking cool. And really? uh, she's been training for, for a comeback. Now. She may be coming back sometime very soon. She just had a baby, and like she's already in like oh, fucking incredible shape. Oh, good for her. Well, you know, yeah. So that's that, that. That's like the last time that I follow wrestling when, like, when th- those two were like the biggest names like going on right you now, yeah. right there. Well, do you want to know who uh, who the father of the baby is? Will I know? Like, will I know who it is or not? You should. Seth Rollins. No, who's Seth Rollins? You don't know who Seth Rollins is? I don't think so. Who is that? Oh Jesus Christ! He's like super flippy, and he his finishing move is the curb stomp. Okay. Well, anyway, Our film he, audience just like left, like they <laughs> they left the second that, that, that they were like they, they better bring it back to like uh, the wrestler or some shit. Like how <laughs> they better bring it back to and, then, <laughs> and then end. Okay, there you go. That's our opening cut. <laughs> Thank you for welcoming us into your headphones. My name is Chema. And I'm Eddie. Reviewing Coda. And this. This is a rollback. This is a rollback. (laughs) Why do you set it with like a question mark at the end? I don't know. I was just trying to go with the flow there. (laughs) Okay. So Coda. Directed by Shin Header. Every family has its own language. As a Coda, child of deaf adults, Ruby is the only hearing person in her deaf family. When the family's finish, fishing business is threatened, Ruby finds herself torn between pursuing her love of music and her fear of abandoning her parents. So this is like the most Christian movie setup that you could have. And yet it manages to not be a Christian movie. So good for you. You, think, you thought good it was a Christian you. movie? No, but it's a very Christian movie setup. The Christian audience just left, by the way. Um, oh, God. Um, yeah. So... So this movie, um, I have some strong feelings about this movie, actually, and like positive and negative notes, but mostly positive notes. Okay. Um, before before we start, um, let, let's address uh, uh, something that you told me when, when you watched the movie. You told me that your wife loved it, uh, which is always good to hear because, you know, we, we have to see, I always like hearing other people's perspectives because, you know, I feel like uh, even my family at this point, it's, it's like you and Eddie are biased with like every movie. You, you don't you watch it critically. You don't watch it to enjoy it. And I said, hey, yes, but don't say it out loud. So, hey, you don't have to be so honest about it. Yeah. So if she liked it, I'm guessing it's a, it, it, it's a pretty crowd-pleasing movie. My family loved it. I watched it with them. I liked it too. What are your strong emotions towards the movie? Mine, the positive, do you want the positive or the negative? Like, there's not very much negative. You want to start with the negative? Let's go with the negative first. Let, all right, let, let's get the, 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 the very, very, very few things to complain about. There's only just two minor things, two random complaints, really. Okay. One was the boy. Fuck that the kid. The boy. Why? He was so empty and, like, fucking he made fun. I get it. He didn't try to make fun of her parents, but, like, he still kind of did. You, you should know better. Fuck that guy. All right? Fuck that guy. The actor is probably a nice fellow. You know, I, I wish no, nothing bad would happen to him. But the Miles, the character, can go get fucked. Why? <laughs> what did he do wrong? Remember, he's the one that, like, told everyone about the, the sex talk they had with her parents and they was making he fun of He said that he told... Like, he said that he only told one friend mm-hmm. and maybe that friend told everyone else. I believe that second, he is uh, 16, 17, no, 18. He's like 17 or 18 years old, okay? He's a dumbass, okay? Like all 18-year-olds <laughs> should be, okay? Yeah, but being a dumbass doesn't exclude you from being like being an asshole also. No, no, no. Like, yeah, I feel like I, he, he I didn't agree. do anything to really redeem himself. He did. Like, he just apologized. Oh, yeah. Like He just apologized and he just jumped into the river. Like, what else was he supposed to do? Oh, by that point, she had forgiven him by the time he got to the fucking river. Come on. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't earn that fucking, like, I forgive you bullshit. Uh, just literally, I only have two complaints. Him and the friend. I love the friend during the first, like, part. I wish we had more of her. I yeah, after, more of the friend. After she starts dating the brother, they, they, they kind of just, like... Drop her. Kind of just like yeah, they just disappears into the background. 
think really funny scene though yeah really funny scene though when they start talking at the bar like through text and then they immediately just cuts to them like making out in the back office that was pretty funny um yeah those are so the, that's think... literally my only negative points that's all i got for negativity wow um what about you anything negative I'll talk about something negative if I can think of something negative, but uh, like while discussing the movie, but I'll be honest, I freaking love this one. I freaking love Coda. This is, uh, this movie has a very interesting history and I want to tell it to you. So this is originally a French film. This is a remake and the original, the actors uh, are all like, uh, they can hear they're, they're not deaf in real life. And the, the people who watched the movie in France, they, they were like, this is a good movie, but what a missed opportunity for not casting uh, like uh, actual deaf uh, actors. So this movie, Coda, is trying to fix that. This is what remakes I've been saying for years should be doing. Don't remake good movies. Remake movies that had something to be that you could fix. And this movie fixes that. Because Marley Matlin, the mom, who's an Oscar winner actress, is, is deaf in real life. The actor who plays the dad and the guy, actor who plays the brother, they're all deaf in real life. And that's a great opportunity for them. And they play the roles fantastically. And the main girl, what's her name? Uh, Amelia Jones. Rudy uh, Rudy. Yeah, who, 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 plays, uh, who plays Ruby. What a talent. I mean, what a, what a great young actress. I mean, she, she managed to... Uh, be able to portray this uh, very uh, sheltered, but kind of like, but has to be outgoing uh, teenager uh, who has to balance out being the interpreter for the family, has to balance out being part of the family business and also has to manage her own shit. I saw that she trained for nine months without stopping uh, ASL, taking sing singing, singing lessons and learning how to fish. Like having to do all that, like, like that must be a workout. So um, I, I'm a fan of her. Like, she's, she's really cool. Uh, and she gives a great performance to this. I mean, so th this is too early to speculate, possibly. But do you think she'd get an Oscar nomination for this movie? For this? It could be cool. It could be yeah. really cool. I'm not saying she'd win. I'm saying, like, do you think she'd be nominated? It could be really cool if they did. I don't know, but it could, could happen. Yeah. Um, so uh, she's cool, man. Um, that, yeah. that, was, that was one thing that Nikki was really happy about uh, when we did the research. Turns out, yeah, yeah, three fourths of the family were deaf, and as they are in the film, like it was accurate representation. Mm -hmm. um, something that's missing a lot that we're gradually seeing more and more of. Uh, more movies uh, taking, I want to say taking on disabilities, but it's not exactly accurate. More like uh, presenting them accurately in a story but they're making it just another part of the story like it's not the defining thing it's just one aspect of it you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah it's not their whole personality but it is it is this movie is showing like how debilitating and how uh frustrating it can be that's that's i think the correct word to sum up how the characters are feeling they're frustrated uh i'm an older brother i have a younger mm -hmm. sister and i related really hard to the older brother character like there, there are all these scenes when he was like, when he was like, we can do it. Like you go and you do your dream and we, we'll manage. And even when, even when they really have no way of managing and there's a great scene where like the two like confront each other and she, and he's like, go like, do your thing. And she goes like, but what about you? It's, it's like, I'll manage. And she goes like, how? It's like, I'm the older brother. I can do this. And I don't know, just all those scenes where they show like the frustration of, I want to succeed, I want to do more, but it's so hard because of where we are. Because it's not, it's not the, it's not the time. It's the people. They're, they're living in this in this uh, fishing uh, outskirts location right outside of Boston. I've been to Boston. It's a racist place, and uh, and I'm not surprised that there's no people who speak ASL. In, in the outskirts of Boston. So yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's a very complicated uh, situation that the, the family is living, but I really like uh, how they portrayed it. And if I can, if I, can I wanna talk about one of my favorite thing, one of my favorite aspects of this movie, and that's the parents. 
the parents are fucking awesome. Okay. I love seeing like uh, uh, couples or relationships in media uh, of parents where they actually like each other. Like they're not frustrated with each other. They are freaking in ecstasy every second that they spend together. One of the best jokes in the movie is uh, near the start, they have to go to the doctor because they have a sexually transmitted disease and they have to explain to them that they, they have it. And the doctor is just like, oh, well, I'll just give you some cream and no sex for two weeks. And they're like, two weeks? Impossible. Look at her. They're like, look at her. How can I resist? And then, oh, God, they're in paradise when they're with each other. And I, we love to see it. I want to see more of this. Like, give me more of this. Like, they had actual chemistry, it? which is weird. But like, like it was weird. It's weird because they were, they clicked, but they felt like a legitimate click. Like, yeah. props to them. They made it feel like, oh, this is a real romance. Like, they really do love each other, man. Yeah. Um, and so, so I love the parents for this, and they 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 sell that chemistry. They're really good at it. You know, what's one thing, and this is gonna sound kind of weird, but like, uh, I'll ex- I'll explain if I have to. I love how let's see this. They're definitely role models for the deaf community, but I love how they're not always positive. If that makes sense. No, they can like, be frustrated. Yeah. yeah, like they how much they lean on their daughter or whatnot. They put on like they jumping low forward they kind of blame her for one of those big things that goes wrong and she's like that's not fair like you know for you guys to put this blame on me like you're putting this on me i'm i'm 17 i'm a senior in high school like trying to do something for me i do one fucking thing for me and like everything goes to shit yeah and it's, it's not uh it's not perfect but there's this uh <sighs> there's this great scene where um uh, Ruby is talking with her with her mom and they're they're having breakfast and she goes uh, hey I joined the choir and the mom is like uh, like why she goes like because I like it I like music and she, she goes like oh, if I was blind would you join the the painting club like like almost like saying hey throw me a bone here but also like that's not the correct response to like encourage your daughter no but then. It yeah. felt weird. They were punching down at her almost. Yeah, because they're in a way she's an outsider in her own house, and it's very complicated. And uh, I haven't seen a movie explain it so well until we get to the scene where, like, the parents are talking in bed, and the the mom is like, "What if she doesn't get in?" And she's like, "Well, she stays. What's the problem?" She's like, "Well, what happens if she does get in? What if she leaves?" She says, "What if what if our baby leaves?" And the dad says, one of the best lines in the movie, he goes, she was never a baby. Yeah. And that's and that's when it clicks, where you're like, even when she was a kid, she had to be her interpreter. She had to be the adult for them. She always had to be like the one putting her foot forward. And that is so, and like, is it so bad that she wants to go to fucking uh, like a music school? Like, just let her go, man. <laughs> How hard. Well, like, uh, that, that was actually one part Nikki actually mentioned, like, that it was probably her, She, I don't think she's resentful, but she's exhausted. And she's herself, like, yeah. I'm exhausted doing this all the fucking time. Like, this is not easy. Like, they often... It's gonna, they, I don't know if this is a fair statement. I don't want to say burden her, but like there's a lot put on her shoulders. Like, hey, I want to call grandma. It's like she's the interpreter. It's weird when it's a conversation. It's like I have a friend over. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, be fucking considerate for me. She doesn't want revenge. She just wants to, you know, to do something for herself. Be and a she's allowed teenager. to. Yeah, and and she's allowed to, and it's valid, and it's a very complicated situation because at the same time, it's like. What are you gonna do? Say no? Like it's a it's a hard thing to do. It's a, it's very uh, it. This is where all good drama comes from. So from situations like this, and they manage and this movie manages to pull it off with good humor and uh, the drama is poignant. Like we want the character to succeed, but at the same time, what would we do if we were in her shoes? Like uh, we're the only interpreter. Like uh, of course I want my family to help. Them. That's why the, it's one of the one of the most frustrating scenes is when she's about to leave to go to to, to go to her music class and this uh, this news station comes in and they're like we're gonna do this interview and you're the only one that can interpret for us so you have to stay. And what are you gonna do? Say no. The business depends on this. But at the same time, like the my my future depends on this. So it's complicated, yeah. and it's so and it's good drama. It's good. 
it's also like so unfair like just the amount of pressure that they put on this poor girl and that that drew a lot of reaction like from it like i was angry i remember nikki actually said like you're pissed i'm like yeah like fucking look at what they just did like no warning no consideration and then guilting her like what what the fuck are we gonna do if you leave like really like that's how much that's how hard you're gonna come down on them on her you're like i get it but i also don't like it and i think that's a testament to this movie again not to say not to show not to say that they showed the parents in a negative light i'm not saying that i'm saying they showed not how do I say this? they didn't present them in only uh uh shining glimmering goodness you know there was the complicated parts to this story to this family yeah. um and i appreciate that you know not, every, not it doesn't always it's not always about being a positive role model or like being perfect a great 100% of the time like no fucking shit's complicated man yeah um no yeah and and that's what this movie you know excels at like the, the showing all the faces of you know this this family's day-to-day life yeah no and um another aspect of this film that i thought was was a little was on point and i really enjoyed it uh the music teacher i i cannot pronounce his name i'm sorry mr eugenio derbez that or mr villalobos yes um Bernardo I, Villalobos you have to roll your eyes Bernardo oh that's one thing Nikki yeah. was laughing her ass off during the choir part because she said that's how choir kids are they're all fucking extra like oh I'm the special one me yeah. well yeah well yeah that's that's that, that's what theater kids are like I never had to deal with theater kids like that like I, I, was I wasn't theater that. kid <laughs> I was I'm better than you <laughs> I've told, I've told you this before I've told you this before and I've told it to Nikki you two would have hated me in high school like we would not have been friends <laughs> <laughs> one time uh, in college I, I was joking with some of my English friends okay folks yeah. so real quick side story in the English building at our college there's also the theater like where the, all yeah. the theater students hang out fucking the actors and actresses of our world um, and they're all hanging there right next to us like in the English building and I'm talking out loud and I say something like, uh, I don't want to see some stupid ass play. Like, why do I have to go and, you know, like I was being forced to go for one of my classes. And I thought ah, that was fucking high school stuff. Like, I thought it was beyond this. Uh, and then they, well, someone told me like, hey, be careful. Like there are theater kids right there. And then I look at them dead in the eyes and say, what are they going to do? Dance fight me? And then start snapping my fingers. You're a jet. You're a jet all the way. <laughs> The, the, was it, uh, West Side um, Story. I was doing the West Side Story thing. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That's anyway, exactly what I was quoting. <laughs> um, let me tell you something about about Eugenio Derbez. Okay, mm-hmm. I grew up watching this guy like since I was a kid. So you know, if, if you're from Mexico, you've seen his. He he had this uh, variety uh, sketch show. So and he's done like uh, a, a lot of shows and movies and stuff and. You know, in Mexico, he's a fucking like legend. Okay, so the fact that in the in the most recent years he's been venturing off and he's been he's been starring in all these uh, really really interesting uh, uh, movies. Um, you know, he 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 was the villain in the in the uh, live action uh, Dora movie. Uh, he's been in he's been in quite a lot of stuff. He he did that movie uh, where. I hated that movie, but that, that movie where he has the, the the kid, and then it looks like he's sick, but then actually the baby, the, the, the girl you is sick, so she dies at the end. I hated that movie. It's Why? like uh, it, instructions not included. It was called instructions not included. Yeah, that was this big hit. Like that was the one that like made the made the U. Dude, I yeah. went to the movies, saw it without subtitles, and even I like started crying. Yeah. Like, with my broken-ass Spanish, I could understand. Like, oh, God, this is so sad. Like, how could you not like that movie? It is, like, the bad kind of cheesy, in my opinion. Like, okay. come on, the scene at the end where, like, he, where, 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 like, she's jumping in heaven to the grandparents' arms and they're angels. Oh, my God, I hate it. But hey, sometimes you need some cheese in your life. Really? Why am I the one telling you that? Sometimes you need some cheese in your life. Yeah, I get my cheese. That's too much. Anyway, point is, point is, however, however you feel about 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 Derbez, however, however, 
every Mexican has a, has a love-hate relationship with him because in a way he could represent the best of us, but sometimes he's not the best of us. So I, I always have complicated feelings for him, but I grew up watching his show. Like I can't deny that. So like, I'm, I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. This role, this is the kind of role that he should be playing. This is after playing the fucking gardener for Adam Sandler in Jack and Jill. This is the role that he should be playing. These are the comedic roles that he should be playing a little bit more serious. He manages to pull off a little bit of his drama, which I know that he can do. Um, And this character is funny, but like in a way that like you see this character and you're like, "I've, I've had a teacher like this. I've met someone like this. And he pulls it off, I think, beautifully. And uh, I think it's better. He pulls it off better than like any other like white actor could. I think uh, when we say why, why don't we hire uh, more like uh, more diverse actors into roles like this? This is a good role for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm glad that they did something like this because he fits this role really well. And he manages to pull to pull off both like the sweetness of like a, a, a music teacher that's supporting uh, kids, uh, but also like the humor without being made into a stereotype but the fact that he's mexican is brought up like only like once or twice and never as a punchline mm-hmm. and uh like he can say that he's dramatic but that's just the way he is <laughs> well, i mean i think that's also a good part of the character his energy in it and it felt yeah again a, a testament to the movie i felt like jit none of this casting felt like it was miscast or all oh, they just got a name person for x reason yeah none of it man none of it feels forced or then these faces are too familiar and maybe that's a good thing um the the fact that this cast was i don't want to say unknowns but like we don't have any chris evans or chris pines or fucking you you get what i'm saying right in a weird way he's the biggest name in the movie yeah and the thing is that he's not even close to being the main character he's just a very good supporting character who he just asks more of the main character he just says i don't waste my fucking time like don't waste mine you know be here on the he's just great at the job that he's given yeah i agree and oh god there's so many funny scenes uh in the movie like uh the scene where where like i mentioned before when the brother and the friend uh start making out in the in the in the bar uh the scene where uh ruby catches her parents having sex after they've been told to not oh uh Pretty much any scene with the family is 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 always a funny scene, and uh, the boy, the boy that you hate, um, he has a he has a very interesting name. Let me say it correctly. His name is Ferda Washpello, and uh, he is uh, I think he's Scottish, and he starred in one of my favorite movies of the past few years. This little movie called Sing Street, and that's literally the only thing that he has done, and he was the main character in that, and. I remember when I, when I watched Sing Street, I, I, I thought this is like, this, this should be like everywhere. This should be like the movie that everyone should watch. It's, it's, it is amazing. But then he just disappeared. He didn't do anything again. And then he just shows up in this, like as the boy main interest, as the boy uh, uh, main romantic interest. And it's like, where were you? <laughs> Why would he, where were you? Don't leave us again. <laughs> Well, yeah. is he slated to do anything soon? I don't know. Um, not that I know of, but he was... Uh, it's weird because, you know, he was in this and then he just hasn't been in anything else. So, pretty odd. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so there, there's a lot of great scenes. I love... There's a scene where, like, uh, the, the, the friend of the sister... Uh, the, the, the friend of, the, of Ruby goes to her room and, she, and she's like, hey, I want to bang your brother. What's, like, the sign for I want to I wanna have sex? She's like, I'm not going to tell you. And then she just calls down and she makes, like, this really uh, 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 suggestive uh, move. And she leaves. And the brother just goes, what did your friend told me that she has herpes? I was going to say, like, he couldn't put two and two together. Wait, she's fucking with you. You want to have sex, don't you? <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, the movie balances out pretty good humor. What's up? No, I just remember there was a great. I, I'm sorry, I'm going through my notes. Um, you're at the the movie balances out great humor. Um, there was one scene that like shook me to my core. Um, and props to the editing and the director for making for laying it out like this. Can I guess? 
no, you you know it. You probably know it. Okay, say. Um, so there's there's a part. I don't want to say it's the climax, but like towards the in the third act of the film, I believe, uh, she has her choir performance or whatever, right? Yeah. And Absolutely. up in, up until that part of the movie, we've heard her sing a lot. Like we've heard her sing and practice this song and this duet and whatnot, right? With uh, that kid Miles, that little bastard. And then. And her parents are in the audience, and for the first song, they're like, you know, yay or whatever. Like they're like kind of trying to understand. And then they even start talking to each other, like, "What do you feel like tonight?" Oh, spaghetti, or whatever. Like they're signing to each other because you know they can't really enjoy it, which yeah. you know, fucking that goes without saying. But then when she starts singing, there's such a powerful moment where the movie, like you first you hear her, and then it turns, and you hear nothing but silence. I knew it. I knew you were going to say that same And it's deafening. That silence is deafening. And I don't, I'm not saying that to be an ironic asshole. I'm just like, that blew my fucking mind. Like, not since A Quiet Place have I ever seen the use of sound in a film used so devastatingly, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because it's not until that moment where, like, you, the movie forces you to be in the parents' like position. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we see all this through Ruby's eyes, through what she's experiencing it, and then it's not until we see that, that they're sitting there and they're and they're and they're they're saying, like you say, they're saying things about like, oh, what should we do for dinner? Oh, look, I I I didn't know I didn't button like my, my shirt correctly, like I, I did this, and because that's the only thing they can do, like they can look at her daughter just like doing this, but then that scene follows a very beautiful scene where like they start to like look around and see everyone's reaction, and every parent is like crying and like in amazement they're like oh hey she's she must be good they're crying and they're so happy and uh ah oh, that scene you're right that scene just really works that is like the powerhouse scene of the movie mm-hmm. and uh which is followed by like another powerhouse scene but like a little more subtle one which is when they go back home and the dad and, and ruby have this scene where like he asks her like what was the song about and then she says and then she's like can you sing it again and she sings it and he holds his hand to her throat so she can feel the vibrations of the of her of her throat. And it is a very beautiful moment. And I agree. Um, yes, more movies should do this. More show not telling. And uh, this one, I think, used that to its advantage a lot. What's called that song? Do you remember what it was called by any chance? I can't remember. Uh, you're all I need. It, it just for that movie, I mean, for that song, it felt a lot like, uh, and maybe this is giving the movie uh, overthinking or whatever. I don't, I don't know how to respond to this. The lyrics in that song yeah. were perfect for the family because it was really very relevant to what she was feeling, what she was doing, or how she felt like, you yeah. know, you're all I need. Like, it's okay. I'll be here. Like, yeah. And somehow that in the combination with the father feeling her voice and her singing and acapella, like nothing. Yeah. Like, dude, I just like if there was a scene that made me tear up, I think it was that scene. It was either that or that and probably the scene where they went quiet. Yeah. Like the devastating, just like, fuck, man. Like, because you get the weight and like you got to think about it for a sec. I overthink movies, but like, yeah. The they that's why you're here. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's why that's I have a podcast. <laughs> but like these people have never heard her voice. Yeah. Their daughter, their their baby, they this person that they she treasure a baby <laughs> no that's fair fair yeah but like they, they've never heard her sing and she has a beautiful singing voice and it's just she like does. Fuck. like yeah. just heavy heavy mm-hmm. um and then uh do we are we are we jumping at certain story points or are we just like jumping around the film yeah we're just jumping around the film um i want to talk about this other scene sure and um it's a little earlier but uh Okay, so I can't relate to like the parts where like you know with the ASL family, I I learned a little bit of ASL when I when I was still living in the in the US because I was when I was working they 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 gave us some courses on it, so I like I know basic, but I can't like fully relate to the movie, but there's one scene that uh, I have a a letterbox list of like my favorite moments in movies, mm-hmm. and I think I'm gonna add this to to, to that list. Uh, it's a scene where like uh, where she so she joins the choir because she wants to talk to this boy and um, 
she does she can't sing well she can sing but she she doesn't want to at, at, at the start she's like scared and nervous and you know which is normal when you're you know a high schooler but then when she comes back and uh, and she's talking with uh with uh with Derbez and he's encouraging her to like sing uh he goes like how do you feel when you sing and she goes I don't know like how do I describe it she's like try and she has this like minute long scene where she does like these hand gestures and there it's not sign language she's just doing hand gestures which is explaining how she feels when she sings and it ends with like her kind of like walking and then floating and she just goes like yeah no there it is and if you ever if if you or like anyone has ever done something not because it made the money or because it was a good idea or because it felt like the right thing to do at the moment but just something because you love it whether it's art or or a job or or something that you're passionate by i feel like that scene spoke to you that scene speaks to you in like when she's trying to describe how she feels and the fact that it's done without words but not with asl either like she's just kind of speaking her own little language i love that scene it was uh so simple but so effective like just describing how you feel about some how, how some doing something that you love makes you feel and i love that scene man i love that scene do you remember the the, the scene i'm talking about i do i just don't i guess it doesn't resonate with me as much as it did you because when she's trying to explain to him i'm trying to be like i'm trying to understand her i guess yeah. um i remember the scene i guess it just it didn't resonate as well with me as it did okay. with you. yeah no it it, it did with me and uh, when you were talking about the the song, uh, you're all I need to get by. That, that's the name of the song. Mm-hmm. And uh, not since they used the Pearl Jam's Future Days in The Last of Us Part Two, I haven't seen a song fit so well with the themes of its uh, of its medium. And uh, props to them. I think it's a it's a great use of the song. Um, but yeah, I love that scene. I'm gonna. I, I can't get enough of that scene. I I I didn't rewatch the full movie like today, but I rewatched a couple scenes and I rewatched that scene a couple times. So I loved it so much. So yeah, you know, it, it was it was weird. This movie, I thought, and I don't think I'm sure this was not done on purpose. This just happened to be a we you know, we happened to. They're very blue collar. They're very blue collar family. Um, you know, he's a fisherman boating. Uh, yeah. you know, the family is struggling. Uh, the, the, the mother mentions at one point, you know, the debit card got declined. He's like, I'll just move money around tomorrow. She's like, yeah, but it's embarrassing. Like, yeah. Um, and I was going to say, I wonder if they did that purposefully just to try and hook more people. Cause I'm sure there are working, you know, blue collar, uh, people who may watch this movie and be like, okay, I can't really relate to the, to the ASL part, but I get their struggles. This is a pretty good movie. I get what they're dealing with. You know, you know, everyone at some point has like has a job like that, mm-hmm. you know, and um, yeah, it's it's it, it it is struggling, but but it is also like I, I can feel the frustration when when the dad is, when they tell the dad like just sell the boat, we'll do something else. And he's like, fishing is all I know how to do. Like my dad fished, now my son fishes, and it's probably gonna gonna, gonna keep going, going like that, and that's fine. And they should be able to have a living wage of that. So yeah. yeah. Well, there's also a really funny scene where uh, they're at like some council meeting or whatever. Yeah. And the dad like makes these signs. She's like, are you fucking kidding? She's basically like, are you sure? And he's like, do it. She's like, go screw yourself. He said it, not me. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, he's kind of explaining everything and whatnot. I don't know. I really, I really did uh, enjoy this, this film and the family and their narrative. You know, it was somewhat relatable uh, as far as, you know, a struggling family pulling together and a bit of an impossible situation uh, but they move forward and I, the conflict in this movie is legit like i don't you can poke holes in a lot of the plots of a lot of movies uh this one i have a hard time pointing out any kind of plot hole because it makes fucking sense and it's simple but it makes sense yeah i just don't have a lot to complain about this movie i just really enjoyed it i, I had a really fun time with it and i uh, it, 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 it is like a feel-good movie like by the end you're like you're happy for for what happens to her and you're happy for the family as well so this is uh I, i'm gonna add this to you know one of my one of my new favorite uh modern coming of age films like this is 
Uh, it has its very own twist, and I think it's really fun. And on a more personal note, I really like Ruby's character. If I had been like a teenager, if she went to my school, she would have been like the type of girl that I would have like 100% had a crush on. Like It's like, it's really stupid, but like I'm really attracted to like that specific attitude in a person. So I don't know. Like I always go like after like, like the type A kind of girl. I don't know. What's like the whole a? time. I, I keep hearing type A, type B. What, what are these? Like break them down for me, please. Imagine uh, Amy Santiago from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh-huh. That's type A. What's type B? Rosa from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> Is there a type C? I think so. Could be. Mm. I never bothered to check. Anyway, point is. Fair enough. Sorry. I, I got too quick. I was like, I've heard that, but I never, I never understood what it meant. Okay. No, it makes sense. Um, um, yeah, just people on top of the shit. I'm into that. <laughs> um, point is, before it gets creepy. Uh, um, I don't know. It's, I really enjoyed this movie. I'll most likely watch it again. It cracked my top 10 of the year. Probably my top three. I really enjoyed this movie. And shout out to uh, the director. Uh, what's her name? Shan Heder. Good for her. This is her debut film. And she did awesome. Can't wait to see what they're going to do next. This is so, her debut? This is her debut. Yeah. Oh, fuck me. Wow. And also shout, shout, shout out to Apple TV, who uh, has just been like flexing in the past like uh, six to, to seven months between Ted Lasso and this. Like, yeah. And and Wolf Walkers, good job, good job, Apple TV. You're you are sure to keep those people uh, in your list as long as you know you keep giving them free uh, subscriptions, which is how I've had Apple TV for like two years. I um, mean, you bought one of their stupidly overexpensive products. I'm sure they got their money's worth out of you. I mean, I think I got I I I, I got my money's worth because you know after I have like what uh, two I have like a month left of this and then I can trade it. So we'll see. By the way, look at my phone. It's got a, it's got a sticker of All Might from my Hero Academia. So uh, yeah, pretty cool. I am twenty six. There's a. <laughs> um, I was gonna say something else. There is a, there's an elephant in the room that we have to address, mm-hmm. and it's the fact that Apple TV, uh, they did a, they did a, a, a flex in this movie. Very subtle, but I'm pretty sure they did it just because they could, and we need to talk about it. So here's a, here's a little piece of trivia that you might not be aware of. The song Happy Birthday, that song has copyright. Oh. Which, which means that you can't put it in like a movie or a show without paying, and it's a very expensive copyright. It's one of the most expensive copyrights, which is why usually... They don't sing it on movies or on TV, or they do like variations, or they change something. This movie features a whole section of several children singing the song, and then uh, the main girl singing it to herself. Apple probably dished a couple billions just on that. So, but like, why? I don't because they could. No, wait. I think I think there's a legal loophole actually that we can exploit right now. Okay, we're not gonna sing it on the show. They're gonna they're gonna sue us. No, okay, I have a theory. Look, they made they only sung parts of it. Each kid they can argue in court. They never sang it in its entirety. This kid only sang "Happy Birthday." This guy sing "Happy Birthday." This kid counts. Does it though legally? Does it? It does. Does it? Let me let me give you an example. Remember the remember the remember in Baby Driver? Yeah. So there's a scene where uh, they're they're talking about like the plan. It's near the end. It's near, it's near, it's near the, the climax of the movie. And Asa Gonzalez listens to one of the tapes and she goes, that shit is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-N-S. Mm-hmm. She says that. They had to pay Wes Stefani for that. At the end of the movie, there, there's like a little credit that says like, oh, this song is Hula Bad Girl. She was written by her and all credit goes to her and we paid her a shit little money. So just because she mentioned, she quoted it, they had to pay for her. They had to pay it. So I absolutely believe that the only re- that they sang Happy Birthday in this movie just so they could flex 
and be like, hell yeah, we can pay it. And I hate them for it because there was little no reason. It's just rich people throwing money away. I hate them. Pay for my pay for my stuff, Apple. See, hold on. Who, how Are much you looking cost? this up? Yes, actually, I am. I'm actually looking this up, folks. Give me one second here. I'm looking up how much does it cost to sing the Happy Birthday song? Come on, Google, don't you fuck me on this. Oh, that's not. What? How much? Five grand. How much? Five grand. Five grand. When you can just not, not sing it and you decide to spend five grand, just so, that, that's a flex. Okay. That's I don't know, flex. man. They're a multi-billion dollar company. That's like me dropping a dime and saying that's a flex. That's you buying a monster an energy drink before classes <laughs> every day. Jesus Christ. How did I get through college still alive? Oh. Hey, monster, sponsor us. I would, I would go back to drinking them. I swear to God, I will. <laughs> I haven't been cheating on monster with Rockstar. What do you mean? Well, now they're not going to sponsor us. We'll find anyway. out. Yeah. Uh, no, okay. So I, I did want to bring your attention to another scene. Um, yeah. that's probably, it's less powerful than the initial choir scene, but not powerful nonetheless. Uh, it's when she goes to try out for Berkeley. Okay. Uh, and her family is the one like, let's go, let's go. If we're kicking you out, we're doing it as a family. You know, that's all funny yeah. or whatever they get there. And she goes up and they're like, did you bring your sheet music? And she's like, no. And in my head, I just heard Eminem and I said, man, fuck the beat. I'll go acapella. And then not a second later, the lady says, you'll just have to sing acapella. I think he looks at me like, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> do, do you really think she was going to just go and, and rap Lose Yourself? Like in the, as her addition? Like, no, it's just, that's how I, know. I go a capella, fuck a papa dog, fuck a dog, fuck a trailer, fuck, fuck everybody. Fuck y'all if you doubt me. I'm, I'm a, a piece, piece of, of fucking white mother, trash. I trash, say I say it proudly. Fuck this battle, here, I don't want to win. I don't want to win, I'm out of here. Tell these people Tell something, these people something they don't know about me. That's the I, white. Uh, that's the whitest shit we've done on this show. I can sing the whole song from, from the beginning. Everybody from the three. No, we're not gonna do that. Okay, we're not gonna do that. We'll um, have to pay Eminem, and that's more than five grand. Okay, <laughs> we'll see. I can negotiate with Eminem. I'll negotiate. No. I'm kidding. Fucking <laughs> okay, anyway. So um, they go. No, it's just in my mind. I know the. I how do I say this? I have audio clips in my head for certain situations, like certain. Phrases that'll come up, and I just play the auto clip in my head. And the second yeah. she's like, I don't have my sheet music, I just heard Eminem say, Fuck the beat, I'll go a cappella. And I'm like, She's gonna sing a cappella. Because fuck the beat. Anyway, um, and, and her teacher, so Mr. Villalobos, shows up, he plays the piano, and he can see that she's kind of struggling for a sec. And he, yeah, kinda, yeah. he fucks up on purpose. I'm like, Oh, yeah. I love this guy. Yeah. Um, ah, that was a good. And then she sings a song and she starts signing it. And ah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful scene. It's a, it's a, it's a cheesy ending, but it's a good cheesy ending. Unlike <laughs> the ending of instructions not included. Sorry that rest. You'll be off the hook one day. Um, okay. What, what about yeah. what's what's more cheesy, Captain Marvel or instructions not included? I'll I'll happily watch Captain Marvel over over uh, instructions not included. Really. I, I love Captain Marvel. It's in my top 10 of MCU films. What? Yeah. That movie was terrible. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. I had a ball time. I love the 90s. I love the aesthetic. I love the soundtrack. There was so much cringe in that. You like? know what? You know what? We need to do a Captain Marvel review. All right. No. Why not? The internet doesn't want to see two bearded, white-passing men talk about Captain Marvel. I'll tell you right now, my complaints are not because she's a woman. It's because I think the story is shit. Irrelevant. We're not. <laughs> I am not going to criticize Captain Marvel. Not because, I, not because I think it's free of criticism, but because I generally like the movie. I don't really have anything bad to say. I had a fun time with it. And it was, that movie was my wake-up call that I don't care anymore about criticizing the MCU. I'm just going to have fun with it. And after that, I've had nothing but a baller time. Okay? So... Look, man, that's is. fair. That's There's, in DC. I've roasted glasses with DC. That's fair. I don't have roasted glasses with the, with the, the MCU. I can criticize if, if they do something wrong, but I don't want to because I'm just having fun with it. So they're not hurting anyone. I'm having fun with it. There it is. I don't mess with your I disagree with you. Well, 
What am I supposed to do? Feel bad that she didn't get $5 billion? Oh, no. Will she be able to afford dinner that night? What? Isn't that, like, Emma Stone wasn't going to sue, but then Scarlett Johansson, then she's like, oh, fuck it, let's go. They ignored her for, like, two weeks. They just said that she's not going to sue because she's going to do Cruella too. Uh, Emma Stone? Yeah. Oh, wow, she was cheap to buy off. Let's see if they can do the same with Scarlett. <laughs> They don't. What are they gonna do? Oh, I guess we can't use Black Widow anymore. She's dead. <laughs> no, but it's the principle of the matter, man. Fucking. Uh, hey, look. If the Rock said, if the Rock, uh, the Rock says, the Rock said, the Rock says, if the Rock wants to renegotiate his contract, the Rock would. Call it doesn't matter Disney. what you say. And you just blew up the ears of the few remaining viewers that we still have. I'm sorry. I had to no. do that. Is there a way that we could like lower the volume in that part? I'm sorry. That, that I got came you. From the heart. I got came you. From the heart. I'm sorry for yelling at the at the. At, oh God. Okay. Sorry. The pe the, the the people's voice just just came out of me. So like yeah. Look, if the right people's right. champion wants to renegotiate his goddamn contract, the people's champion wouldn't renegotiate his goddamn contract. The mouse would be scared of the great <laughs> one. But the fact of the matter is, is that the mouse. Thought it could walk all over Scarlett Johansson. Well, let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> Not gonna happen. Scarlett's gonna go and she's gonna go ape shit on that rat motherfucker and all of his followers. But yeah, Michael Scarlett Cole Johansson is, is shaking right. on his boots. Who? Michael Cole is shaking on his boots. Goddamn right. Well, fucking <laughs> Kevin Feige even said this is embarrassing. Like they should have negotiated. Come on. Yeah, but he's not the head of Disney, so you know. We're not a fan of, of, of the new CEO of Disney, Bob Chappell. We're not a fan of this guy. Uh, Look, I'm not saying I wish ill upon this man. All I'm saying is that, like, if a giant rat-shaped hole were to form in the earth and he were to fall in, it wouldn't be the worst thing to happen to Disney. I'm saying the previous CEO was a, was a kind of okay. I read his Bob, biography and he was Bob good. Isaac. Bob Iger was a pretty good, a pretty cool CEO, and he just left. And yeah. supposedly. He's the one. He's one of the reasons why Captain Marvel and uh, Black Panther took so long. Um, he was like, "They'll never go for a minority hero or a, or a woman." And then Kim. No, Feige, that was that was the previous guy. That was uh, before, the guy that was previously on Marvel. I forgot his name, but yeah, that, that, that was the other guy. Oh, I thought that was the Disney CEO. Well, fair enough. No, um, no. but no, nonetheless, nah, he's wait, he's all right. Yeah. Wait, okay, so Coda, <laughs> Sherry. I'm sorry, we went on a tangent. I'm sorry, folks. That's yeah. what you're in for, for these tangents. Yeah. Um, so, Coda. Um, last scene of the movie, you're right, it's super fucking cheesy. You know, she's signing the song, and her family's like, oh, that's nice, or whatever, and then she's going off to college. No um, complaints. I had a good time with the, with, with the cheesiness. Yeah. That's good cheese. That's that nacho cheese. You're welcome. So, overall, what would you rate this? Like, what are your final thoughts? Like, what, like, what, do you, what are your final thoughts on this film? Final thoughts. I think Coda is sweet. I think it's a, it's a very heartwarming uh, little movie. I like the performances. I like the humor. I like the drama. I like uh, I like it. Coda is a, it's a great. It's a, it's on my top three of the year. Um, I'll happily rewatch it. I'll happily show it to you know anyone that hasn't seen it, and I hopefully they like it as well. I give the movie a nine point three out of ten. I find it uh, between the conf sorry between the confines of its genre and what it's trying and what it's setting out to do. I think it succeeds. It doesn't need to be like the most epic story. It doesn't need to be the most fantastic journey. It just it, it sets up to be a, a a small little coming of age film, and it succeeds it. It succeeds it with grace, and it has a lot of charm, a lot of heart, and it's very funny. And yeah, loved it. Can't wait to see what this director does. Can't wait to see what this main actress does. Um, because they seem to be on a on a good uh, on a good way up, so loved it, loved Coda. I'm sure you mentally already cast this girl into like a DC role. So when are you gonna tell me what it is? She can be Cassandra Kane. She's cool. She's too short. <laughs> for what? Uh, I don't know. I I didn't mentally. I didn't cast her for anything. No. Uh, That's odd. Me. I'm shocked that you usually do that for like everyone. No, no, no. No one in this movie. I I I was too busy absorbing her in this role. I think I'm gonna have trouble. I think this she's going to be one of those actresses that I have trouble seeing her in any other role other than, like, this. Does that make sense? Like, Batista, until I saw Army of the Dead, I always saw him as, oh, hey, that's Batista. Now I'm like, he's an actor now. That's right. Not even, even Drax. Really? Yeah, even in Drax, I was just like, ah, that's Batista. 
You know, like I, I looked at, he was always a WWE guy. Army of the Dead made me go like, yeah, he's he's an he's a he's an actor. He's a. He just, just reminded me. There's this uh, there's this little clip of Batista in a in a in a wrestling match. Well, but, but before the match, when, when they do like the whole, uh, where they're yelling with the microphones and everything. Yeah. And I, I don't know what the context is. Maybe you know this, this is what's happening, but like he has a microphone and he's yelling, give me what I want. Give me what I want. And then they show me something. He goes, that's not what I want. And I don't know. They just, uh, I, I don't know what the context is, but I, I think it's super funny. What they did that. And then they just reuse that for like, other things but it's it's really funny yeah okay so context i believe that was after wrestlemania i believe that was actually over the limit after over the limit 2010 he had just lost a match to john cena after cena like threw him over a fucking car through the floor or whatever he was badly injured i believe he was in a wheelchair he's like i want another match i want another one because i that was like their third match in a row like fucking cena took it to him at 26 he bullshitted last man standing match and then he lost an i quit match so, yeah, and then he quit, and then he didn't come back until WrestleMania 30 to try and dick over Daniel Bryan, which he failed. So Speaking of wrestling, good. CM Punk is back, guys. Did you hear? CM Punk is back. <laughs> yeah, so apparently what he says is, uh, he says, give me what I want, give me what I want, and then the other guy is like, I'm going to give you the beating that you deserve. And then he goes, no, that's not what I want. Oh, God damn it. I need to watch that clip. I want to see the, that meme. Now, uh, let me uh, let me send you the, the the link. Please do. There it is. It's on the chat for this call. Oh shit! You did send it right off the chat. Oh fuck. Okay. Yeah. I will be sure to watch so, this momentarily. Yeah. So he goes, "Give me what I want. Give me what I want." And he goes, "That's not what I want." <laughs> did I fuck up? No, I did not. All right, it's open. I should not play this right now. Yeah, it's fine. Anyway, anyway, um, yeah. so <laughs> shit, man, this movie. Yeah. So you you were saying how you're you're not gonna feel like you'd be able to see her in a different role than that's not this. Yeah. Well, also to be fair, I've never. I don't think I've seen her in anything else but this. I I'm unaware of any other projects that she's done. Like I'd be lying to you if I said I knew. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, I I don't think I'll. I need to see her in another movie just to see if I even recognize her or if I know, like, okay, this is she's from this, but she's, you know, versatile in that sense. Um, this movie is odd because it's a really good movie. It's very happy, very heartfelt, hard at times. I don't think I would watch it again, though, on a regular basis. I feel like this is one of those movies that, like, if it comes up, sure, but, like, I'm not going to see it and be like, oh, we need to watch this. Like, it's not a Jurassic Park movie. It's not a popcorn movie. It's an emotional ride, and it's a good one. It's positive. It's great. It's just, I don't think it's something I'm going to be revisiting often. But for what it's worth, I'm I would give it an A. Jim, oh wow, that's high praise. So what do you say? Will, will can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear. You. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's high praise. You know, pretty good score from me. Pretty good score from you. Uh, I can't sing enough praises of this movie. This was great. Uh, watch it the second that you can, and you know. Yeah, it's fun. Super fun. You know, I, th- I think this movie also goes, um, I hope it's another step in the right direction when it comes to more inclusivity in films. Um, there was a movie that I saw earlier. I can't remember what it's called. Maybe it's called Recording or The Mystery Man. Something like that. It was a movie I heard me and Nick had reviewed earlier this year where the boy was, the main character was a kid that was autistic that could see things through a video camera on his uh, on a smart device. Yeah. Um, and that was earlier this year. You know, that was, this was back in February when that movie came out. And now we have this. Like, it's nice to see them expanding more and more in that matter. You know what I mean? It's just a nice thing to see. I agree. And hopefully this movie is a sign to come for more movies like this and more ca- and more actors like this to have, you know, roles like this. And also roles that, you know, maybe don't fit so well here, but you know, can be more. So let's normalize it. Good job, movie. Um, hopefully there's more like this in the future. If you listen to us via podcast, please like, subscribe. We greatly appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to hear more about our thoughts on movies, go to the rollback.net. I've been Chema. And I've been Eddie. And, and this, this 
was the rollbacks. Was the rollbacks. Signing off with a reminder to bring tote bags to the supermarket. Come on. Let's get rid of plastic. Stop smoking, too. I mean, unless it's been like a really hard day. No, you know what? Fucking just eat your, eat your Flintstones gummies and go to bed. What about after sex? You don't have sex.